this week, three sides of the coin. This is why we do this show. Such an incredible discussion about KISS collections, KISS collecting. We have John Downs who donated his entire collection to a local university. Donated, didn't sell, donated that. I think that even had Mark going, really? Donate? Oh, God damn my internet. All right, let's just wrap this cold intro up. You got to watch this. This is why we do Three Sides of the Coin this week. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. Got the two that matter. That's it. No. Same two every year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We 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 keep this ship running. I don't know where I don't know where Tommy is. Mexico, Ooh. somewhere. You keep and, mentioning this Tommy guy. And and, and, no and Lisa only shows up when we've got celebrities. How could I forget her though? <laughs> <laughs> um, we have there's no comments we need to read because we didn't do a live, a, an original show last week. We rebroadcast our Mark Slaughter interview, which, by the way, the Mark Slaughter interview, episode 123, our most watched episode on YouTube. Over 140,000 views of our interview with Mark Slaughter talking about Vinny Vincent. Um, so no comments to share. You, you do have something, Mike. Let's do a little bragging. Oh, well, yeah, I got, I, do I have all the numbers in front of me? So three sides of the coin founded in 2012. So this year we're celebrating 10 years, over 450 episodes. It's a freaking lot of kiss. What um, the fuck are we thinking? Over seven and a half million plays, which comes out to, and, Don't hold me to this because I'm just averaging it out over half a billion minutes of kiss talk have been listened to. Are you going to have to get the band hammer out and just talk about averages? (laughs) People are like, there's there's more people. If you're a long time -time fan, fan, you you know, you know, the whole, (laughs) you, you know, that whole average thing, but I mean, seriously, half a billion minutes of talking about kiss. Christ's sake, people, get, get a, a life. Get a freaking <laughs> life as we sit here bragging about having done it for 10 years. <laughs> Three sides oh. of the coin hosts, get a life. <laughs> no doubt. We love you. Keep, uh, you know, we, we're we like do. I mean, we're the Doritos of podcasting. Keep watching. We'll make more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's fun. As long as it's fun, we'll keep doing it. And this week's episode was oh. a lot of fun. Our guest, you may not know him by name, but you want to listen to his story about his incredible KISS collection that he donated the entire collection to a museum so everybody can view it. Not the KISS museum. He donated it to a college. I'm telling you, this week's show is a, this, this show is a KISS fans show. It, this, it's, this, this is... This is that this is exactly why this show was founded under the auspices of this is three guys sitting in a bar talking talking kiss. kiss. This was it. 
so many memories were shared, so many incredible stories. Um, we're, we're, we're joined by John Downs. He has an incredible, had an incredible KISS collection, and he donated it to a local university who's going to put it on display, hopefully this year. So you got to sit back, listen to this whole episode. So much fun. All three of us sharing memories of our collections, of our favorite items, what meant the most to us, collecting in general, uh, you know, even talking about Gene's Kiss Museum a little bit in here. This, this, is, this is why we do this show. So before my internet freezes up again, God damn it, I must be using Mark's Kiss router. Um, the router. The router. Let it roll. We'll see you at the end. And one more time, thank you to everybody who ever clicked play anywhere. Even if you loved us or hated us. Hold on, hold on. Except for that guy. Yeah, right there. That, that, that guy. guy. No, no thanks to you. Huge, <laughs> huge, huge, huge love to the 12 listeners we've got. That's, That's an old running right. joke right. as well. There's another old school reference. We've only got 12 people <laughs> 12 listening to it. 12 of you have listened to half a billion minutes of kiss talk you 12 get a fucking life there you go want to get your official three sides of the coin logo and shocker tee now you can we ship worldwide get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com Hey, Three Sides of the Coin, we are really honored to have John Downs joining us this week. And uh, John, why don't you give us your 30-second, one-minute spiel of, of your history? Why, why are you here? You've had, you had, had, I think is the right word, a massive KISS collection, right? In the past, yes, I did have a, well, everybody has massive collections, but, and we all specialize in certain things, but uh, I had a pretty good collection. Tell, tell us, tell us about the collection and, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this through the whole thing, but so everybody knows you donated your collection. Yes. What kind of KISS the- fan donates, gives away a collection, <laughs> gives it away right a there. Crazy you, KISS fan. you should turn in your membership card to the KISS Army and dishonorably discharge. You should not at that. all. Not at all. You want to know why I did it? I did it, honestly, so more people could see it. The long and short of it. So more people could see it because I have a KISS cave just like y'all had it all on display. And a lot of it was actually stored in closets and boxes and people couldn't see it. And I thought, you know, I'm 63 getting up there. It'd be a shame not to let people see this. And so um, originally, as you know, I got Gene Simmons base into the Smithsonian museum. That's another story for another day. Uh, But after doing that, I thought, well, maybe there's another institution that would like to have this collection such as the Smithsonian, and I did contact the Smithsonian on it. And I contacted uh, University of South Carolina because my daughter goes to the School of Music there. And they responded quickly to me. This was all during the the first COVID phase. And 
unfortunately the Smithsonian took longer to get back to me and I'd already committed to the University of South Carolina. And what I wanted to do was donate this collection to the School of Music so they could put it on display and let all the students at the university see all the KISS items. I didn't think they were going to go for it, um, but after contacting uh, the custodians at the library at the University of South Carolina, they were ecstatic. They really wanted this collection big time. And I knew they were big into getting collections because they just acquired, I believe, a three or four million dollar comic book collection. Um, so that's what spurred my interest. I knew, hey, somebody donated his huge comic book collection. One of they would be interested in a big kiss collection. So I started making phone calls and one door led to another one. And next thing you know, day one of the collection. And here we are today. So let me real, real quick side. So was the Smithsonian ultimately interested? They were just too late. Yes. Long and short of it. That's pretty uh, cool to think about mm -hmm. really. I mean, you know, has as prestigious as the Smithsonian is that they were interested in a kiss collection is pretty freaking cool. Well, they don't have a lot of kiss stuff. Believe it or not, they do not have a lot of KISS items. When I contacted Eric Gents, who was the caretaker custodian um, at the Smithsonian in that particular division, uh, he said they're lacking on a lot of, uh, you know, current music groups. So they were really wanting that Gene Simmons bass. Um, as you know, it got donated in there. If you Google Gene Simmons Smithsonian, you'll actually see a picture of the bass. Um, so he said, anytime you have any more items that you want to donate, please give us a call. Cause we could, we would love to have it. So while I was trying to figure out where this collection was going, I wrote several letters, one being to the Smithsonian, um, and a couple of universities, but university of South Carolina jumped back and said, we really want this collection. And I knew they would take care of it. And it was going to be at the school of music. And it was close to home for me. So if I wanted to go and visit and see the collection, you know, it's an hour and a half drive to Columbia from Charleston. Boom, I could see it. So that plus my daughter going to the School of Music, there was just everything was pointing that I should donate it to the University of South Carolina. So so let's let's talk about the collection. I mean, describe what your collection was. What was in it? What did you like you said early? Everybody kind of focuses on something, you know, what, what were you focusing on? How big, how extensive was the collection? What was in it that would make people, even KISS fans go, wow. They said there were over 400 items. Um, everybody, like I said, specializes in certain things they collect when it comes to KISS. Like your background, I had a lot of gold record awards. Uh, that were autographed by all four members of KISS. Uh, I had, um, I'm just thinking a lot of black and white photos that were autographed by Paul, Gene, Ace, Peter. Uh, I had, I believe, 28 basses and guitars that were uh, played by members of KISS, which I thought was kind of neat. A lot of them were one-offs, uh, specialty-type bases like gene had there was an acoustic gold-plated bass that uh jim Kara made for gene to play when they were when they did their residency out in las vegas that was kind of neat uh 
there was a plexiglass based Punisher that Jim Carrey made that Gene um, signed. Uh, that was up in Charlotte. There was just a lot of unusual uh, basses, guitars. There were, uh, I believe, five or six of Ace Frehley's guitars. One of them was a Budokan prototype by Gibson, believe it or not, that uh, Ace actually played in. Uh, let me see what studio was that? Uh, Jim Croce's studio out in California. Um, a lot of uh, artwork by Paul Stanley. Uh, lyrics, uh, handwritten lyrics by Ace Frehley for some of his songs. Um, so, so would would you would you say that most going of your... on and on? Well, There's no, no, so no. Much. You know. I, I, I want to kind of, you know, get an idea here. So with most of your items, like one of a kind items, would you say this wasn't a collection of, oh, I got a whole bunch of bumper stickers. I got some pins. I got a few magazines here. I got, you know, this was higher end, one of a kind items that were pretty higher much all, all autographed. Items like um, Peter Chris's drumsticks that Lydia Chris got for me, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, that he actually used and you know they have printed on it kiss and you can see all the dents and stuff where he actually played them plus i got it from lydia so i know it really was peter's drumsticks but yes high-end mostly one-of-a-kind items but there was a lot of things that another kiss collector could probably get i've had so much kiss stuff over the years back when i went to university of georgia i remember getting I, I was big into record collecting. So I remember getting a taste of the solo album promos. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, the 76 sampler. Um, I remember going to the record store, Wuxtries in Athens, and finding a, a mint copy of Kiss's first album, White Label Promo, with the you know promo sticker on the yep. front of it, the whole bit like that for like five bucks or something like that. Uh, Kiss's first promotional poster. Uh, that was folded. The original ones were folded. Just a bunch of stuff like that. I mean, just names and stuff. I may have it. I may not. But it's just there's so much stuff. It's hard to remember all of it. Did you before going down the route to donate it, which I think is is amazing and admirable that you did it. Did you consider, well, gee, let me see if I can auction this off. You know, there's there's a lot of value to those one-of-a-kind items? Or did that not even really cross your mind? Good question. A lot of people said, why didn't you sell it? Why didn't you put it and market it on eBay or somewhere and do a little bit at a time? And I said, honestly, I spent all those years from 1976 to now collecting it. I just, it was my baby. I just couldn't break it up. I really couldn't. It had to stay as a group. And that was one of the conditions I told the University of South Carolina. If I donate it, you have to keep it together. You can't break it up and you have to display it. You can't put it in your archives in a warehouse. So I was going to ask you that. Did you give them any conditions? Like you don't want to wake up next weekend and see on eBay that the University of South <laughs> Carolina is auctioning off all these kiss guitars to raise money for something else did did they have to agree to never sell this oh it was in a professional contract i mean it stated you know specifically the collection had to stay together it had to um 
they wanted to name it. So they named the John Downs family kiss collection or something like that. And then they, uh, we also agreed that it had to be displayed. I didn't want to be put in a warehouse to collect, you know, mothballs because basically that's what was happening now. A lot of that stuff was sitting in storage in a closet. And I just thought people need to see it. So they agreed. And then right now they're in the works of getting uh, custom cabinets made to display in the main lobby of the School of Music. And they're going to let me know when the grand opening of the display is going to be. It's not yet. Obviously, COVID slowed down a lot, a lot of this procedure, but that will be happening where they're going to have an event because they want everybody to come in and see it, not only students, but the general public. Yeah, I mean, this is this sounds like it's going to be, you know, basically a KISS museum that's open to the public for free. Well, it's kind of funny you said that with the whole Gene. I was going to say, hey, Gene, Gene, here's a a museum that's for free. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I like to think I came up with it first as far as something on display for the public to see. Plus, you're not being charged for. Now, I'm our Gene and I know what Gene's doing. And, you know, Gene's the master of marketing. And so I learned a lot from Gene Simmons. All the times I met him, we would talk just about business. He was, he is my idol as far as a work ethic. He's my hero. And he taught me a lot about, you know, if you want something, John, go out and work for it. Nobody's going to give you anything. If you want it, go out and work to get it. And I always remember that Gene said that. And to this day, not everybody can do certain things when it comes to kiss, but, you know, and I feel sorry for him, but Kiss is a big part of my life. And if I want to do something like go and get by the ultimate VIP package, I'm going to do it. I'm going to work hard to get it because that's what I want. That's what makes me happy. Yep. Amen. You couldn't have put that any better. Just because I'm in, you know, I'm a couple of years younger than you, but you know, and, and I've, and I've talked about this publicly, you know, I, I like you, John, at some point though, I'm going to have to, move all this and you know it's pretty insane down here really insane it looks, actually it looks pretty neat from here <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, ain't, that ain't even a freaking you're, you're just you're just seeing the lobby to the kiss museum he is the master here. collector i know well, that and he's very humble about it and i appreciate that well here's the thing john I, i'm going to ask you just a personal question i hope you can answer sure more than age take age on it what was the catalyst? Because I'm sure originally, I don't think your first thought was, hey, I'm going to donate this to a university. Did you, like, when did you start getting the pang or the urge to go, you know, eh, I should probably do something with this stuff. Was there an event or did you go to a show or did you come back from a wreck? Were you watching TV? Yeah, what, what was the catalyst? I'll be honest with you. We just moved from our house that was over 3,000 square feet out to a townhouse out here at Folly Beach. And it's about 2,000 square feet. Knowing that, I wasn't going to have the Kiss Cave like I was used to having. We were downsizing. Why? Because I had one son at um, at Clemson University. And I have one daughter now at University of South Carolina. 
So it's kind of like the empty nest syndrome. Kids are moving out. We're downsizing. Didn't have the room for it. And so plus my age, I started thinking, you know, it's going to come a point where I need to do something with this collection. It's, you know, pretty big collection. I just, I didn't know what to do. And so I started thinking, and then I thought about that comic book collection that was donated to the university of South Carolina. And that's what started it. So to answer your question, downsizing. Downsizing. I mean, and, and I, and I think, you know, we've talked about this on the show before the last thing you want is hold on forever. And then, you know, you pass away and your family who doesn't understand the value puts it into a garage sale and, you know, lets the stuff go for dirt cheap. Well, you know, I can tell you one case in point uh, that happened, I believe last year, uh, a lady put her husband's Gene Simmons gold-plated bass. He had died and kept it under the bed. She didn't know what it was worth. She put it on eBay for $1,000 and it sold like that. I know who bought it. And when he got it, it was the real deal. And that was like a $15,000 base. But she yeah. didn't know. She just put it on eBay just to get rid of it. And bless her heart. I mean, I felt so sorry for her. I mean, because that was probably his proud, you know, baby. Well, you're absolutely baby. right. Because right now I'm staring at a box over here because I'm working on another KISS project. Um, but I'm looking at a box that has newspaper clippings from the Coventry to today. Most people, most, wouldn't pick this shit out of the garbage. I know. I was just going to say I, that, that I, stuff I, will end up in the garbage if, can. If, when you're... if I put that box as is into a auction, I can't even tell you how much it's going to go for. Oh, yeah. But, but that's but that's the point. What's and people ask me all the time. One of the things I get, and I don't know, John, if you got this in the past, was do you do you insure this? Well, you really you can you can buy additional coverage, but but what I would pay a thousand dollars for, most people wouldn't walk across the street to pick it out of the garbage, and if they did, they'd go this. <laughs> You know, that's just, that's just life, you know, and that's one thing I worry about. And that's another reason, you know, I'd like to think in the next five years, although I said that three years ago, oh, I'm still within my margin of error. Um, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to put this stuff, you know, in a, see, I, you, you have two kids and, and, and God bless you. Cause I tell you what, maybe it's just the capitalist in me. I I'm like, all the money that I would get from this stuff, I'd want my children to have and my wife, obviously in order, my wife and then my kid, you know, um, did your wife or your kids go, dad, this is worth a lot of money. Um, <laughs> can you question. I asked them before I did this, I said, how do you feel? Of course, my wife was fine. She's a musician. She's a director of music organist at a church and she teaches music at school. So uh, music is a big part of our life. Uh, she was okay with it. She, you know, it's your collection. You do what you feel comfortable with. My kids, I was worried about them. 
they said, well, dad, let us pick out just like five bases. That was my next. That was, question. I was going to ask that same question. So they picked out some instruments, uh, autograph, Paul McCartney bass, um, and Eddie Van Halen, original painted by Eddie, striped by Eddie, played in Atlanta, Georgia, the song Tattoo on it, and then he autographed it. It was one of the 300 series. You know, they made 300 of them. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Eddie Van I Halen do not. Yeah. I don't. Well, he made 300 of them. They were numbered. Uh, he striped them with different patterns and everything, and then he played them at different venues okay back cool. when they were touring so anyway my son picked that one out uh a purple saborski crystal paul stanley ps10 he picked that one out um uh, and a gene simmons green lizard base and i believe that's it maybe one more and a paul stanley guitar strap so they picked out a few things that they wanted and they have that and they're happy now for the rest of it they said go ahead. We don't mind you doing that. Just like, I think I did it for this reason. I, I know you're not going to do it, but it would be so neat if people were to get a hold of that box of all those clippings. I remember you talking to me about that on the kiss cruise and could somehow get it displayed. So kiss fans everywhere can see, cause that's priceless. You can't put a price on that. The, the, the work you did in collecting that over the years and the fact that you've got all that stuff that some people will never see in their lifetime, that's history to me. I think that's well, so know, cool that you were smart enough to get all that and gather it together. If there was some way that could be displayed where people could see it, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, well, you know, that's part of the, the things, you know, and just, you know, the Destroyer box that, a, 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 you know, there's a fair number of my ads a what stuff. destroyer box set yeah you got one? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that in a bit um but yeah inside the booklet uh, there's a fair number of the things those advertisements are out of that box and i'm that's what i got the box open for I'm, I'm working on another one now too and and those are things again you know that my kids aren't going to want it's funny because my kids and trust me I'm, I'm not going anywhere soon i hope um but my son wants the pinball machine my son uh, wants I got a I I got a base from Gene. He gave me one because I helped him out with some stuff. Um, this was years ago. Matter of fact, it was on the very first Kiss Cruise, 2011. Um, he gave me a base that in 2011 on the first cruise, and I got a Paul Stanley signed guitar. And and I always it was funny, even back then I had the wherewithal to any time they signed something to me, I had, I had them put it to the Cicchini family. I never had it put to Mark, at least like the, the, the instruments, because right. I, I, I thought to myself at some point, I just knowing my kids, they're not going to want, you know, the clippings and the posters and all that stuff. But, you know, I knew they'd want something, you know, to remember dad by that, that was a big part of me so you know my daughter's like well i want the paul stanley guitar my son's like i want the axe bass and he's like can i have the pinball machine too i'm like look now's the time to tell me yeah, exactly <laughs> that's what my kids did that's why you see the paul stanley back there and the yeah, that was my next question there. yeah they, so, there's a few things they wanted so are there a few things that you decided to keep for yourself like you know my my kiss collection doesn't 
compare to you guys, but I've got things like, you know, the, the, well, the, the, award, the, the yeah. awards, the yeah, awards behind beautiful. me, those are awards that are actually presented to me with my name on it. I could never sell those or the, the yeah. laminates I had from when I was working with them that had my name on the laminate and my photo on the laminate, you know, I could never get rid of stuff like that because it's way too personal. The, the Kiss Army leather jacket that Gene gave me many years ago when I did some work with him. You know, are there a few items that for you were just too personal, had too much deep meaning that you're like, I'm keeping these few items for myself? I kept it together. I mean, there were things like the certificate from the Smithsonian that logged and registered that base that I put in the Smithsonian cool. base. That was pretty cool. And I had it colored Xerox and, you know, I presented it on stage to Gene. So he has an identical one as well, but I just felt like it should be kept together. Yes. There was a lot of things that were personal, personal things. Uh, they autographed a lot of the musical instruments actually to John Downs. So it's personalized, but at the same time, I just felt like it needed to stay as a group. So honestly, to answer your question, I pretty much, uh, I would say most of it's in the collection at the University of South Carolina. Are you done acquiring stuff now? Now that you no, got rid I've of the collection? I know I got a closet full of stuff upstairs um, from the end of the road tour, some eight by 10 autographs. I still have the ultimate VIP that I need to get that poster. Uh, it's been canceled twice. Now I'm still trying to get the ultimate VIP. I had it in Raleigh. That was canceled. I had it in Vegas. That was canceled. So, so, uh, you know, as you're acquiring new items and building a new collection, are you just going to at some point donate all that back to the college again? Yes. I've already told them that I've got like Ace Freely's set list when I saw him with Alice Cooper down in Florida, just all that stuff's going to the university of South Carolina to add to the collection, more guitar picks, set hey, list, all that stuff. Also, you mentioned earlier, Paul McCarty bass, Eddie Van Halen. What other, what other did, did everything that you donate to the, to, to the, to the university, was it a hundred percent kiss? I would say 98% kiss. What are some of the non kiss items that you donated? Just some small things like an, um, some autographed albums by The Who, Roger Daltrey uh, autographs, just Beach Boys autograph albums, mostly just, autographs. Just small albums. things like The small Who things. and The Beach Boys. <laughs> small little things like that. <laughs> um, John, did you, did you ever think, well, let me call Gene up and see if he wants the collection? No never crossed my mind never did because i knew gene has it, everything that i could possibly own i just maybe not but in my mind i was thinking i'm just a small guy gene's got it all there's no so it wasn't even a consideration john i got a funny story um when i was working uh on the gene simmons vault um i i was sending stuff to john to uh to tom and I didn't have my scanner wasn't working or whatever. So I just sent Tom a package of stuff and I get a call. I think it was maybe, it may have been Keith LaRue that called me 
And he's like, uh, hey, these, you know, these UK ads from the, um, Gene wants these. (laughs) And swear to God, I ended up having an extra set. So I just said, just, you can just have cool. I mean, you know, and I I was going to say, John, that, that as, as huge as Gene's collection is, and we know, because we've seen just little glimpses of what his office used to look like. I, I know, and we've, we've all basically seen where he's like, there's a lot of stuff out there that he doesn't have that he'll see. I mean, I, I, I even remember when I was working with him, you know, he would, he would print out like an eBay auction and send it to me and go, Mike, I don't have this. Can you, can you get this for me? Can can you get me this? Can you find this item? I've had him pull out a camera several times and I brought things to get him to autograph it. I think one of them was the Melvin's concert poster with a high school picture of Gene Simmons on it. He goes, I haven't seen that. He pulls out his camera, starts taking pictures. He did that all the time when I brought him stuff to autograph. Um, My brother bought him some neat bullfrog items like bullfrog beer cans. Because I believe what's it right. Gene's early yeah, yep. beer. Yeah, yep. So he got a big kick out of that. So he's done that several times, pulled out the camera and taking pictures of things that I brought. You gotta remember those guys specifically, um, you know, Gene and, and and Paul more so, but those guys were so busy living it that you know, a, a great example is is you know, some of the stuff I've sent over the years to them. Um, you know. Here in Detroit, they were pretty big, pretty quick. I mean, you know, more so than other parts of the country. So, and I was just a kid and and God, but my older sister actually was the one who started, you know, she, she kind of collected anything rock and roll and, 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 you know, in the newspapers, because I was nine in 74, you know, I turned, I was born in 65. So, you know, but by 76, I was, you know, I, you know, matter of fact, I'm looking right now uh, at the Cobo Hall ad, the big newspaper one from 77, you know, that was out of my, that was out of my paper. You know, they were in the paper a lot and I just started cutting it out, putting in my scrapbook, cutting it, didn't even know what I was doing. You know, Cobo Hall ads and shit like that. The fact that you did that, you saved part of that history, history, so to speak. A lot of, just think if you hadn't saved it. All that would have been lost. That's what's yeah, so and, and it was funny too because my 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 you know my neighbors and my aunts and uncles. I remember a girl in my school because we got the Detroit News. She got the Free Press, and I remember Ace made the cover of like TV Guide, but it was the one from the Free Press. And I didn't even know this is an eighth grade. She, she was like, she brought her. She's like, you collect this stuff, or you like this stuff, you know. Especially at the time, I wasn't collecting yet, you know. And I keep mind, I'm in eighth grade. This girl's like, here, this is this is our TV guide. It's got, you know, a kiss guy. It was actually Ace on the cover. He's like, here, you know, she, she gave it. And I kept it I had ever since. But I mean, that was, I, I really had a network of people that knew that I was really into that. And, um, you know, it's funny. It wasn't just kiss too. I, um, Queen and Ted Nugent and all that stuff. If there was something really cool in the newspaper, I just kind of, Alice Cooper, another one, you know, uh, matter of fact, I, I helped with a book, a Ted Nugent book with uh, with Martin Popoff and the author. And I sent him 
my TED archives. And, you know, That's a matter of cool. fact, he, he writes about it in his book of the first, first couple of chapters. It talks about, cause he wanted to do a book and then, you know, I helped him with the research, but I didn't know I was, it's just, I just liked it. That's the great know? thing about collecting. Everybody has their little niche and they go in. Yours, obviously, to me, is all these articles that you collected over the years where some people collect just gold record awards or musical instruments. That's so neat that you did that and preserved that little bit of history. I tell you, the one thing that's fascinating about it, especially, you know, going from the vault to the destroyer and, you know, other things I've helped with over the years. One of the great things about collecting stuff like that is that it's in real time and what i mean by that it's funny now there's not an article written post 2000 about kiss and this is actually you could say this about led zeppelin any other band that got trashed in the 70s you think kiss had bad reviews you just should have seen the zeppelin ones oh yeah they, 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 fuck it, they hated them but anyways my, my point being is when you read an article from 1977 the, the people there, they didn't, they just thought, you know, kiss, this is just what's happening in town tonight. It wasn't the legendary kiss. It right. wasn't, you right. know, it was just, this is another bunch of fucking schmoes who want your money. You're <laughs> going to come here, you know, and it, that's it, you know, and that's the fascinating thing is that it's bullshit free. It's like, this is what it was when I wrote the article in 79. I, I'll, I'll give you a great example when they played at the Silverdome. The, the guy talks about all the little kids at the show and he's like, Hey, last time they were here at Olympia, it was mostly, you know, 17, 18 year olds here. It is now 1979 and they're playing to a bunch of 10 year olds. So there's a lot of 10 year olds in the audience. That, that was an honest observation. It was a snapshot made, of time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In 1979. Yes. That's exactly my point. Um, and you can follow those things uh, again um when kiss was here for the creatures tour the guy talks about that he, it, it's funny because if you read the ones from from the detroit news from the 1978 show at the olympia versus the 1979 show versus the next time they're in detroit in 1983 all those three articles all bring up the age thing it was funny because on the creatures when like, Hey, it seems like the audience is getting a little bit older. There are the kids who were, you know, whatever, 12 and 79 are now, you know, 15, 16. It was just kind of interesting. You know what I mean? And I think that's a great thing about collecting clips and, you know, well, you clipping. Know, you know, the, the, the great thing that's unique to Kiss and a few other bands who've been around as long as Kiss and gained as much popularity is there's fans through the decades, not just 10 years, but approaching 50 years now that have been doing their own little bit of gathering. You know, you know, when I like, like Mark as a kid growing up in Minneapolis, sure. I clipped every article that was in a newspaper and every ad that I could see and uh, my mom and my relatives did the same thing. They're like, oh, you're a Kiss fan here. Do you want this? Found this at a garage sale or, you know, this was in this was in the Sunday edition of Parade. And, you know, here I, I didn't see it because I was somewhere else. We all started gathering our little things. Now, some of the collections grew bigger and bigger, a la like you guys. And others just kept very small and, and personal. But 
if there was a way for the KISS Army to take all of these little gatherings of collections together, it gives you a complete snapshot of what was going on. And, and that was something that back in, in 95, when I started Kiss Otaku, my first website, mm-hmm. that was what I remember was one of the big driving factors of my website was, God, I got this website now, and I'm talking to fans around the world. All of a sudden, I'm not just having access to seeing the cover of a magazine in Chicago where I lived, but somebody in Brazil can send me the cover of the magazine that's only in Brazil, that prior to the internet, you would have never known it existed. It never, you would have had no idea. And now all of a sudden you can start gathering all of this stuff. So a fan can sit here and go, well, this is what's going on for the Kiss reunion tour in South America. Hold on, hold on a Liz, do me a favor though. Bring me a, bring me a Diet Coke. Thank you. Love you, baby. So yeah, it's, drinking it, one now. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's almost like, wouldn't it be great if there was a way and, and where I'm going with this is, okay, Gene's going to open the official Kiss Museum. Yes. Wouldn't it be great if he said, all right, John Downs, Mark Cicchini, how about putting loaning your collection for the next six months to put it on display here to fill in the gaps? Because as we know, like we were talking about Gene doesn't literally have everything, but all of a sudden he could get fans from around the world that says that are like, yeah, well, here's my collection from Japan. Here's my collection from brazil here's and and that collection might only be 10 items 12 items but it's items that fill in the holes of what he doesn't have that paints the bigger picture and gives you a snapshot of everything that's going on i think it would be amazing if the kiss museum went that direction of like do you have a worthy collection an interesting collection interesting items Put it on display with us for the next six months. We'll take care of it. We'll protect it. You know, we'll let other fans enjoy it. We'll package it up. We'll send it back to you. You know. Well, that happened, Mike, with the Tokyo one. Yes. Yes, exactly. Because I I sent, they asked me, and that was the agreement. They're like, hey, we want some of the stuff out of your collection. Um, We'll take good care of it. And I tell you what, God, God bless uh, um, Alan um, from Japan and, and uh, Hannah um, uh, from, you know, they're both in Tokyo and they they did the uh, the Kiss Expo in Tokyo and they took great care of my stuff. And out of the kindness of their heart, they sent me like one thing out of from you know, all the merch that was all official merch it was so nice. So appreciated on my end. I mean, I knew they appreciated it, but. You know what an honor it is when I open up the destroyer box set and I'm like, hey, man, that came from That's me. I open up awesome. the vault. It, yeah. I, I'm telling you, it's humbling, man, because they were so busy living it, but I was there documenting it. And I didn't know it. Again, you know, I didn't know it. You didn't know it, John. When you started getting those guitar signers because you wanted them signed, it meant a lot to you. And here it is for years now, for decades to come come. Your passion is going to be shared with society. That's amazing. 
that that to me i that is such an unselfish wonderful thing that you did uh, i mean you're a better man than me i mean again i when when this stuff goes i it's memories I, it's memories well, come on everybody hold your hand up if you collected kiss posters when you were a little yeah, kid yeah, I, no you're 100 percent right john this kiss at this point is all about memories and you know i mean the the touring kiss Let's be honest. It's a nostalgia act now. It's not an original band. It's about the memories. And I keep telling people, it's like, it's flashing back to that memory of, if you're old enough, it's like, oh yeah, 1976 when I was making out in the back of the car and Beth was playing and exactly. triggers that memory. But you might have that memory in the nineties. You might have it in the two thousands, but it's bringing back all those memories. And I think that's, what's great about what you're doing, what Gene's doing creating these museums where fans, whether they're diehards or just casuals, because I think we all know the reality is KISS has, has touched everybody. Not, not to the level it's, it's connected with us and the people who listen to this podcast, but there's, you know, everybody recognizes the KISS logo, the makeup. They have something where they go, oh, God, yeah, I remember when that band came through in 1996 and the neighbor was all freaking excited about it and whatever. It's bringing back a moment in time, a snapshot. And these museums are allowing that to happen. So now people can go out and see this stuff because, you know, to some extent, you know, there's always the 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 audio video hoarders. But let's be real, all of our collections, everybody's got a collection for the most part. It's a hoarding collection because how do you make it available for everybody else to enjoy it? You can't. It's not like it's not like Mark opens up his house to every, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry Kiss fan who wants to come through Detroit and go I'd see be a his basement. About that. <laughs> well, exactly. You can't do that. But at the same time, there's so much stuff in that collection where one of those items, somebody's going to look at and go, oh, my God, I remember when I was 12 years old and I saw that once and I never saw it again. And it meant exactly. something to me. Exactly. Just like when I see my collection, there's something I can look over and it sparks that memory of 1976. The first time I saw Kiss, first time my dad let me go out of town with my brother to Columbia, South Carolina to see Kiss. We had tickets, the very last row in the upper level in the center, looking all the way down. And I remember seeing Gene jumping around with his boots way down there, but it was the music. I mean, I, visually we weren't close, but it was the music. And it, I'll never forget that as long as I live. That was my first taste of Kiss, was 1976, that show. And it, that's what I'm hoping this collection, like you said, will do, will spark memories for other people when they see it. Like, God, I remember Kiss. You know, I remember hanging that Kiss poster in my bedroom when I was a little kid. Or I got the Kiss Circus magazine. You remember Circus magazine? <laughs> they had all that stuff. It was That's that's what's neat about well, it. Well, you know, and, and, and what we hear many times on the podcast is, feet, is people who were fans. They grew up as fans, but they grew out of Kiss for whatever reason, whether it was in the 70s, the 80s, 90s, they stopped. But then they discovered this podcast, however, and they're like, oh, my God, you brought back all these memories. You rekindled what I loved about the band that I went to the end of the road 
to remember it all to I pulled out that old album and I that I haven't played in 30 years and I played it again. It's that little spark that comes back on. And, you know, we joke about it because we we will take heap about saying how great it is to remember what it was like being a 12 year old or a 14 year old in 76 and seeing Paul Lind or whatever special or whatever album. Been there, done the needle, that, was watching like, it. Yeah, you know, bubblegum cards. That, and mo- yep. that, that memory of, yeah, walking into the local drugstore, buying the bubblegum cards, not even thinking about being a collector of like, well, I got to buy two sets because I can't open one. You're just like, I'm buying one and you rip it open. And it's that immediate smell of the gum and seeing the gum dust all over the cards. It's a memory that comes flashing back. It takes you back to a moment. Bubblegum cars that you didn't have, and you were trying to trade with your friend to get those. And it was just, those are great memories, like you're saying. You'll yeah, never about finding it. out years later. I mean, this is, you know, in the mid 80s. Because keep in mind, this is before internet. I remember finding out in the early to mid 80s that Australian had air car cards. Huh? Yeah. What's <laughs> that? Yeah. You know, I, I just like, what there's another set there's a whole there, it's not just a set of cards australia had a whole nother set of completely unknown <laughs> merchandise items that were never Again. released anywhere i just remember Anybody, the, good the first kiss items i remember i don't know for y'all but i can remember was the kiss van the radio and yep. there was one other oh belt buckles I remember those three things. Check, check, check. I've got them all in the uh, in the, yeah. in the room over there. Yeah, yeah but so again, I, you know what? All that stuff, I never, I always tell this to people, and it sounds like you were the same way, John. I never went, I'm collecting that because it's going to be worth X someday. Yeah. No, man, I collected because I fuck it made me happy. I <laughs> yeah. love the I love the band. Yeah, you're exactly it made me happy. I love the band. I wanted everything I could get. It wasn't until the late 80s and 90s where you were like, oh, wait a second, maybe I better not open this. Maybe I better get two of this. As a a kid, now, you know, this doesn't exactly make the point, but I got that model kit van in the 70s. For whatever reason, I never put it together. And I still have the kit in its box, unassembled, not because I was (laughs) not because I was smart to not do it. Just because I didn't get around to doing it. Now, now I know I'll never assemble it. But as a kid, you were like, no, I'm I'm pulling that poster out of that magazine. I'm tacking it up on my wall. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Now I've got staple holes and thumbtack holes or tape. Ta- didn't matter because when you were a kid, you loved it. You wanted to smile every time you walked into your bedroom and you saw that cool poster on the wall. It's solo posters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now you look at all those thumbnail holes in it, and you're going, no, why did I No, do I will that? tell you what. But it brings I, back good memories. I thought long and hard about this because all my posters, and that's my passion. I mean, I have a lot of kiss posters. And all the ones that were in my room and in my dorm room, and they all got tape on the back. They all got fucking, but you know what? That's what a fucking poster from the 70s is supposed to look exactly. like. Exactly. Sure. Got the battle <laughs> like, scars on it. Yeah, goddamn right. They were used. This isn't, you know, I, I tell you what, you know, again, I, you know, I, this is one of those things I, I wish 
that, you know, I could take everybody here and go through stuff because I, it's funny too, Michael, you said something earlier in the conversation. This has happened many times, especially when we first moved in the first couple of years, not so much recently, but, uh, you know, I've been here shit 20 years, uh, 20 some years where I've been uh, in my house now. I get knock on the door. Oh, hey, hey, uh, you're the, you have like a big kiss collection, right? Um, my nephew's coming in from Chicago or whatever. He's a huge kiss fan. The guy down the street said that you see it, let him see, says it's incredible. Can I bring my nephew over here? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Just, you know, I mean, that's happened a lot of times. And, I'm happy uh, to do that for the kiss cave. They knock on door and it's like, yeah, Who are you? Yeah. and they're like, I'm your neighbor down the street. And yes. I yes. heard you're the big kiss man. It brings yes. back a lot of memories, you know? Oh my God. And I love when people do that. They're like, and it's funny too, but you know, it's kind of like one of those geeky things. Cause you know, I walk by my Mego dolls all the time. I literally remember this guy going, I wanted these and my parents wouldn't get me. That's yeah. exactly it. Exactly. And holding it like it's it. the Holy grail, you know, he's never, he's never owned one, never sought them out. It's like 40 years later and he sees them in your basement and he's like, Oh, Oh my God. He's instantly back to being that little kid yes. who put him on his Christmas list and got upset and that he got a no. he got a G.I. Joe instead of a Gene Simmons doll. And yes. never got the kiss ones. God, I wanted them. Yeah. I, I, Guys, that's exactly that's the kind what of this thing. is all this yes. is all about. That's why a kiss museum, whether it's jeans or the one that will be opening up for you, John. I, I just love that because there's just countless memories every single person is going to have slightly different from the other person. When they walk in and see your stuff, some of those basses and instruments might not mean anything, but one of them, they're going to go, oh, man, I remember I saw that, that tour. I saw I that tour. That. I saw when he played that on this song, you know, and for just 30 seconds, they go back in time. They're smiling. They're remembering it. They'll That's see the what's Spectre great. Base. You remember the Spectre Base where Gene's oh, yeah. going like this? That's an iconic poster. I love that. That brings back that quick memory. As soon as you see the base, you remember the poster you had in your bedroom. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, I am, I am all for these museums. I think it's great that that yours is going to be free to the public because i'm assuming gene's kiss museum is not going to be free admission i mean i you know that's just not gene. I understand. Of course, I understand. this man and i mean <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. probably, he's got to rent the space and you know do all that stuff so it, it's neat though that he's at least offering it for the he's public making he's making right. a museum available for people to go in and see but like i said with a gift I, shop at the end Gift shop, at the, you know, price tags on every single item in there in the museum. You want to buy a piece right out of the museum? I'll sell it to you. Uh, but it would be cool for more of these museums to start going, well, do you have something? Contact us and we'll, we'll talk about making it available for the next six months to be viewed here. And then we'll send it back to you or, or we just take donations. We take donations big or small because there might be a lot of people who are like you john who are like it's not about the money it's about the memories i want to keep it together 
I'd like to get it somewhere where other people are going to be able to enjoy yeah. it. How do y'all feel about when we talk about my collection I built up over the years and donated it to the University of South Carolina? How do y'all feel about Paul Stanley recently letting go of a lot of his prized personal items like acetates, uh, his original drawing, newspaper drawing for what I wanted that. I saw the price. It was just got, yeah, it was, I look, God bless the guy. I, I wanted that getting tired. I mean, is it a point in his life where he's just parting with, I mean, you you know, you know, this kind of goes to a bigger thing because we've seen in the news, all of these classic artists who are selling off their music publishing catalogs. I mean, like David Bowie's estate just sold his entire catalog for $250 million. Bruce Springsteen sold his for $500 million. Mike, stop really quick. Do you really think they're going to make money on that? Yeah, I do. Because really, remember, it's not because it's not, it's not about record. It's not about record sales. That's not where money is made. This is about that song getting played over really? and over for right. history. So, so what somebody licensing the one it. song out of the 200 they bought is going to generate the one well, or two songs, all that. In, in, in the case of somebody like David Bowie or Bruce Springsteen, it's clearly more than one song out of their catalogs that are going to, that, that have value to it. These are artists that have incredible deep catalogs but the streams are still 0.000 but this isn't this isn't this has nothing to do with making money off of the streams off of an album sale this is somebody sitting here saying that david bowie song cadillac you'd like to use this in a tv commercial that'll cost you 10 million dollars to take that and all they got to do is land one of those and there's incredible money there to be made money Artists make money through licensing their music to other people to use a TV show, a movie, you know, and we've kind of talked about this when we talked about the, 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 the history um, documentary, but every song you hear in any TV show, movie, commercial, even if it's just in the background playing on a jukebox or out of a radio in a passing car, they had to pay somebody money for that song to use it. The bigger the artist, the more use they want out of it, the more money it's going to cost. And that's why there's a lot of artists, a lot of companies out there that are like, we can't afford the Rolling Stones real song. So can we get an artist that can sound like the Rolling Stones? Because we're only going to play four seconds of it and it's going to be in the background. So not enough people are going to focus on it. But why all of a sudden are these artists doing this? If you notice recently, there's been a boom in that. Because to to what you're getting to with Paul, these are all artists that are, let's be honest, the end of their career. They're 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 not they're not touring or they're on their last tour. They're not they're not recording music anymore because albums don't sell anymore. They've got something of incredible value, a catalog of music that before they die, they'd like to get it secured so their family and their kids have something to live and enjoy forever. Not they die off and then you've got these people fighting over the catalog and who's in charge of it, who can sell it, who makes money off of it. 
boom, I'm done. My catalog, $500 million, Bruce Springsteen gets. That goes into trust funds or whatever. Right. I think Paul Paul is probably in the same same boat. I mean, you know, and whether we agree, should he be selling this stuff or putting it up in a museum? That's his personal choice. You know, it's everybody's sure. personal choice what to do. Like you gave yours away. Somebody else would say you're freaking. This is a shame he couldn't have kept it together. Like you said, you wanted to you wanted that ad very bad. And I, I did, too. It's beautiful, but it went for stupid money. But I but mean, and, and I think part of it is, you know, the Internet has allowed these artists to discover that basically what's trash to them is treasure to somebody else. And that 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 stupid flyer from 45 years ago, which means nothing intrinsic in what's the word? Intrinsic. In, in, intrinsic value to the artist. Yeah, it's a big word like gymnasium. There you go. Um, <laughs> you know, they're like, well, gee, there's the Mark Chikinis of the world, the John Downs of the world, the John Fives of the world who would love that because it's a memory to oh, yeah. them much more than it is a memory to the artist. So let me get what I can out of it at this point in time. I am, you know, you know, I, not to be a downer, but these artists, they're 70 years old, 75 years old, pushing 80 years old. Some of these, there's not a lot of years left and it's better to get what they can now to do something with, what they receive for their family, their kids, their grandchildren, then let it end up in some estate sale where somebody's like, I don't know, that flyer, give me 50 bucks for it. It's a piece of paper. Well, you know, right. you know what, Mike, it, it's funny too, because I just bought something. Matter of fact, if you, you may have seen it on my Facebook line, um, I, uh, I've, I'm a big, crazy Aussie fan, but with a caveat, I, I love the original Blizzard of Oz era, like before um, uh, they replaced, you know, uh, uh, Bob Daisley and Lee Kersley. Always wanted that original UK promo poster. And I've seen them come up over the years, but I recently just bought one. I paid a few hundred bucks for it, but that brought me back to being 15 <laughs> You know what I mean? When I saw that thing, I'm like, fuck, I can get this thing. And I think the reason I got it for the price that I did is that the auction house had it under Black Sabbath stuff. And they didn't have it under Ozzy because I saw the price that they, you know, the opening bid was like a hundred. I'm like, fuck, no way. Cause I've seen these things go for way more. And this one's signed. And I was like, please, oh. no one look, please, it, it, no one look, please, you know, no one look. You're, you're right. It's, it's, it's got, great value and memory to you and it may not have nearly as much to the person who owns it i remember back in the early 2000s when i was still working with kiss the merchandise company was playing around with auctioning stuff for artists this was way before artists were ever doing this. i actually remember that conversation because somebody got a hold of me about they wanted to i remember like myself and another friend um, who's local to Detroit, you know who he is. And 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 I remember them asking us, like almost like survey, like, would you guys be interested in because we were we were at a fair or not fair, we were at a reunion show. And you know, some of the people from the KISS organization knew that we we're big collectors and they kind of 
cornered us and asked us, yeah. hey, would, would you guys be interested in, in like bidding? I'm like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool, I guess. And, 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 and what, what this is leading to is we, we, it wasn't with Kiss, but I remember we were doing this with maybe Sammy Hagar. And I think this was when Sammy and Dave were touring together. We had reached out to the bands and we basically said, guys, you know, at the end of the night when you're done and the roadies are clearing the stage off, don't just pick up that set list and throw it in the garbage. Don't take the broken guitar string and throw it in the garbage. Don't take the busted drumstick, throw it in the garbage. Don't take that, that local crew t-shirt or the, the, the trucking company's t-shirt that they make and give to everybody on the crew, but the crew is like, I don't need another t-shirt and they throw it off to the side. Grab all that stuff and just throw it in a garbage bag. And once a month, we'll pay for it, ship it back to us. That stuff that's trash to you, we'll turn around and auction it to your fans. And we did a few of them to the point where it's like, I remember like Sammy Hagar set list. We got like 60 bucks for just a set. List. It wasn't even autographed. None of this stuff. We hadn't gotten to the point of autograph it, increase the value. We're just like, can we just take your trash? trash that's for decades have been thrown away by bands and your fans would pay for that broken guitar string the string that that sammy hagar broke in sacramento and i was at that show and i saw it happen boom it's the memory it's the connection right. i'll pay you 100 bucks for that broken guitar string and what we're seeing now is bands have realized that they're, especially the bigger bands like Kiss that have warehouses. Have you seen they, the prices for their instruments, microphones, stuff like They've gone up, mm -hmm. up, yep. up. When it started, it was cheap. Paul's microphones were like, I think $1,000 or $1,500. they are like $35,000, $4,000 now. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's like realizing there's value to all of this stuff that bands over the years have just hoarded, kept, collected, thrown into a, a box in some warehouse somewhere. And at some point they're like, Christ, we got to clean this warehouse out. And I, and, and, and I remember um, Blink-182 did this years ago. They released a new album. And if you pre-ordered the album from them, you also got, it was sort of like a la what Gene did with his um, vault, where, you know, there was an secret compartment and you right. got a ran, random item taken from his junk collection well blink 182 did the same thing where it's like we're going into our warehouse and over the decades of tours we've done we're just going to give you something from that warehouse it could be anything from a guitar pick to a guitar we don't know it's just random crap and we may have one of it and we may have 10 of it i thought that was brilliant i pre-ordered it i got a one-off t-shirt from a tour like five years earlier, but all of a sudden bands are like our trash has value. We can bundle it with something and sell it. Or now where we basically end up now with bands that are real sophisticated. It's like Paul going through the warehouse and going, what's in that box? Oh my God, I've got a box of records, solo albums that Casablanca gave me in 1978 that I've never looked at the hell do i need these for another 20 years for well let me autograph them let me sell them 
oh, what's in this box? Oh, this has got a satin jacket that Casablanca gave me. I've never wore because I would never wear this piece of crap, but it's crap to him, to one of us. Oh my God, look at that jacket. I've never seen that jacket before. It's coming from the artist. It's authentic now. So I get what he's doing. And I think what's important about it is it's that authenticity. You're no longer buying something from somebody unknown on eBay where it's the roll of the dice. Is it legit? Is it real? Is it fake? Is it not? Am I going to get it? Am I getting screwed? No, you're buying it right from the band member himself. And there's actually a photo taken of him autographing the item that you just bought. Yeah. I'll tell um, you what I miss is Fran going through the warehouse, pulling out Paul's guitars. Do you remember that? Yep. Yep. Showing all the Fran was a good friend. Um, actually saw him in Atlanta shortly before his passing. And um I sorry I get a little tongue-tied thinking about Fran. He was a good fella. I actually did something for Fran. I don't know if you could see that ring there. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Fran had that ring. It's a Keith Richards ring. Yep. And he took it off at airport to wash his hands and left in a hurry. And then he realized that he left the ring and it went back and it was gone. And he told me that story. And I said, that ring really meant that much to you. And he goes, yeah, I remember when the kiss cruise, I said, here, you take it. And he's like, are you serious? And I said, take it. It means more to you than it does to me. And he always wore that ring after that, never took it off. And after Fran's passing, I took this ring off. I had another one. I took it off and I gave it to Michael Berger. Mm -hmm. And that kid about cried. I said, I want you to wear this. And every time you see it, I want you to think of Fran. Wow. And he was really touched by that. I just didn't mean to change the subject like no, that. No, 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 not, not at all. Fran going through the warehouses, pulling out Paul's guitars, showing all the different ones that were going to be up for sale. And like you said, They've got so much stuff in the warehouse. They just, you know, they could sell whatever they wanted. I mean, to I mean, band, bands like Kiss and Metallica that are of that size, been around that long. You know, all these bands have warehouses filled with legitimate stuff and just, you know, hey, here's the banner that some kid threw on stage 25 years ago. Wouldn't it be freaking cool if you were the kid and you could buy that banner back oh, from yeah. the band autograph? Talk about a memory. So I think it's great they're doing that. And to each their own, again, whether they want to, like what you're doing, you're giving your collection away or whether somebody wants to sell the items. But I think the important thing is, and this is sort of what I hear from a lot of collectors, is at some point you're like, and, and when we started off, you talked about you've got bot, you had boxes of stuff that nobody was seen. I'm the same way. And I mean, Mark, Mark, we had this conversation years ago where I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, I got to sell my stuff out because it's like, it's all in boxes. I don't want to die and have somebody else deal with it. I'd rather get it to a fan who would appreciate it, but also get something in return that I can give to my daughter. So she's got something out of this. Sure. But it's all about moving that item, that collectible over to somebody who's going to appreciate it for another 20, 30, 40 years and has 
again, you know, it could just be that crazy memory of that kid who's like, oh, God, my parents wouldn't let me buy the Mego dolls. And, and I finally was able to get a set of them. And you know what? That memory alone is so incredible. Because I think everybody watching and listening could probably sit back and go, well, this is a perfect homework question. What's that item in history? That sparks that That memory. sparks the memory for you that you wish you had kept it or you wish you had bought it in the drugstore or in Kmart when you saw it 30 years ago and never did. I've never seen it again. What's that one item that makes you smile and get goosebumps going, oh, God, I remember that day. Like the Ace Freely smoking guitar poster. How many of y'all took that tennis racket in your bedroom and thought <laughs> you were Ace Freely playing it? Come on. <laughs> that's that mm -hmm. one memory, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's what's so important about this. And, and you know, we've talked about how bands are getting to that point where no band thought they'd be still on stage when they were 70 years old. They never anticipated that. I don't think a single one of us as fans who've been around since the 70s anticipated still having this stuff 40, 50 years later and going, wow, I actually got to think about what to do with this now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's funny. You know, uh, I, obviously, John, you can empathize with me here. I That's what I'm like, think about it. I'm like, I, I guess I'm going to have to move it because I'd sure hate to see this stuff end up in the scrap heap. No, <laughs> you know no. what I mean? It's it's like because you know you sound very much like I like like me. I, we and look, I, I'm not putting anybody down when I say this, but John, I'm sure you've ran into these people. Michael, yourself, they've got this kiss item, and all they talk about is how much it's worth. Yeah. Or I, I'm like, oh. I wouldn't care if it's anything from matchboxes to kiss stuff. If you buy stuff like that, look, just go into to rare metals like gold and platinum and or even if you want to risk on Bitcoin or whatever. Look, man, I, I would think collectibles. Do it because you love it. I have yeah. never, never. There's not one freaking thing down here that I bought as an investment. Oh, yeah. Not one never, thing. Not once do I look at something in my collection and go, man, that's worth, you know, $500. I don't even think of money. I just look at it and think about where I got it, what I was doing, the memories again. It's yeah, not about yeah. money. It's not about yeah, money. It, you know, I, I've, had, I've okay. had people ask me, they're like, what's the, and Michael, I, I think you, you saw it because I think it was, and I answered it on the show once. It was a question, you know, what is your most valuable thing? I said, my memories. Yeah. Every single thing. Yeah. I'm like, I remember when I got that. And, and it's literally spanned my lifetime. Spanned my lifetime. Because I started collecting this stuff in 74, 75. And you're you know, the KISS guy now. You're the KISS guy. Uh, you know, hey, that, that part. That, that in your part town. That. And in Charleston, they always say, the KISS guy. You know, John Downs. <laughs> you're the KISS guy. It's, you know, a really quick of a funny story. My, my niece recently started, uh, she's in her mid twenties. She recently started working a job on the other side of town and she just started there and she wasn't there about a few weeks. And, uh, she, she's like, and she told me the guy's name. She's like, do you know him? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, I, 
he's he's a musician he started talking about all this stuff and i said well my uncle's really into kiss he goes oh your uncle must be mark (laughs) 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 yeah that's him (laughs) because you know he's she started going on oh he you know he all this you know all this crazy stuff and sure he's like oh my god i know mark yeah it's kind of funny so yeah you know it there's no doubt kiss items have value to them but honestly and this is just my opinion you would be a fool to be spending your money for an investment standpoint because collectibles of anything specific whether it's kiss or beanie babies or whatever i mean we all know it could be worth a lot in 96 and then three years later the market's fallen out and then maybe it'll come back maybe it won't you don't know to your point mark if you're looking to invest get something like gold or silver that basically the entire world values and has a lot more security to it not something someone won't walk across the street you could you can you could basically you know you could basically walk into a grocery store and buy food with gold. You can't walk into a grocery store and buy food with an autographed Gene Simmons bass guitar. I agree. Not but gonna there, were, there were certain things like I wish I got in that monster book. The big you know one that's over there. Yeah, I knew you had it. I knew you had it, but that's rare as hen's teeth. They didn't release that many of them. What I was told, they separated and sold a lot of the photographs out of it. Is that correct? Well, my understanding is they only produced what was sold. Meaning they, 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 you know, they had a lot of papers printed up, photos, but they didn't bind it. They didn't do anything until somebody bought a book. And this goes back to remember the original kiss casket mm-hmm. same way made to order. It was, there wasn't, I didn't they, know they, they did not produce 500 or a thousand of them that are in a warehouse that you bought Right. You bought one. They made it, they sent it to you. So maybe at the end of the day, and I don't know, I'm just making, maybe ultimately they only sold a hundred of them. It. So a lot of that stuff, and this is the difference between KISS in the 70s and KISS from 96 on. 96 on, I'd be hard-pressed to say there's truly a lot of rare, valuable items. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of items, and there's a right. lot of items KISS fans want. But it's not like the KISS sleeping bag from the 70s. Yeah, I, I will tell you, just because I'm around it a lot, because you know we've had the whole Spencer's crap you know, thing we've talked about, um, you know, that was a term that the dealers came up with. It had nothing to do with that stuff was actual crap or garbage. But at the, at the time, at the reunion era, all of a sudden, now keep in mind from like the late 80s to 1996, the people who went to KISS Expos were just the biggest of the biggest geeks and yep. everything there was vintage and, you know, everything was vintage because they weren't making anything worth a crap. Well, lo and behold, 96, 97, the, you know, next thing you know, these expos are doubled with people and they're like, you know, they want to trade me a Spencer's puzzle for a, you know, a puzzle from Warner Brothers, wherever, the original puzzles. And we're like, don't give me that Spencer's crap. You want it. It's, they're like, well, it's a, that's, I mean, they didn't know. They, they're just like, 
well, it's still just a puzzle. I'm like, well, yeah, well, this one was made in 78. Yeah, the, pro- you know the problem I mean? was that Spencer's crap was they slapped out that when Kiss got to the point of they'll put the logo on anything, anything anybody wanted to license, they'll put the logo on it and we'll produce a thousand of them, 5,000 of them right off the bat. There is zero collectability there, especially when the original run never sold out on any of that stuff. But but one of the things that I, the reason I brought that up, though, Michael, was this. I am now starting to notice because it is 20 years later. There is a big interest in a lot of the Spencer stuff sure. now. I, 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 you're 100 percent right. And I think a lot of it is people who came into Kiss 20 years ago and now it's rekindling their memories where people like us who got into kiss 40 plus years ago the spencer stuff doesn't really rekindle there might be one or two items that you were like oh god yeah i remember that was pretty that was pretty cool but for the most part we're like oh my god it was you know that's the time i was working with them it was like oh it's just trinkets and trash man and it's funny that's that's what the merchandising company called a lot of that little stuff was just like yeah, it's just trinkets and trash. It's just another belt buckle. It's another button. It's another sticker. It's another patch. It's another pencil. It's another eraser. It's another another piece of another trinket. There's literally no value to that stuff unless you're a completist. You know, and there's some fans true, that that's what true. they are. And that's great. They want everything. Got to have it all. Got to have it all. But I just. I, I will be hard pressed to see anything from that Spencer's area era end up with the same value, like the original trash can, the original oh, sleeping bag, sure. the original hey, model what, van. Tell you what, I got to run upstairs real quick. Uh, the, uh, let's just say the Diet Coke's going through me. So uh, <laughs> let's, let's do this. The, the puck does drop at 7.30. So maybe go another 15 and then, you want uh, you? We'll, we'll we'll pause right now. Go run upstairs. Yeah. Drain drain the drain the weasel. <laughs> All right, we're 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 back. Mark, drain the weasel, and we're back ready to go. But we got we got a hockey game starting soon, so we do go wings. Um, you know, uh, John, in your to you, and I'm not talking most valuable, but what was the one item in your collection which to you was the most important the greatest item the best find whatever however you want to describe it what was the the one item that for you was the crown jewel of your collection honestly it was kiss's first promotional poster i had to have that i looked high and low for that and i finally got it i remember i was so so happy just to get that to me that was i love that shot and you know what I'm talking about, yes. Mark. That is a I'm looking at poster. it. Yeah, of course yeah. he is. Ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding. And it's been reproduced, but nothing beats having the first one with the full line. To me, that was everything. And then probably the second would be the Cadillac Michigan yearbook for me. You know, I've never picked one of those up. I've, I've had, I've seen the, the prices of those go astronomical now. Yeah. I, you know what? I always thought it was cool, but here's one of those things. I didn't pick it up because I thought to myself, I don't, 
it's funny because you know i'm in michigan you know i live in michigan i, I remember matter of fact i have the macomb daily article um you know that was again that was one of the first things i collected that's that was from October of 75. I, they made a big write-up on them in the Macomb Daily, which is my, which, which is the county I live in. And I, I, I kept that, you know what I mean? So anyways, but getting back to that, I never bought the yearbook because I'm like, that's a yearbook. You know, I just didn't feel right owning it. No, wasn't it weird? That's just the mental thing. Well, here. I'm like, how you feel about it. To me, it was just kind of neat. The pictures, the memories, you know, of them coming to the school I just thought that was neat. And then having the flyers come out of the helicopter. I've got, I've got the flyers. I've got the makeup thing. I've got the articles, you know? So yeah, it's a, you know, I've got some cool stuff on that, but yeah, you know, I always passed on that. I mean, I remember passing on it for like 75 bucks. Now I know they're hundreds of dollars. Five, $600. Yeah. Yeah, You know, I've seen them. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know why I remember just going, you know, it's like, two or three pages of kiss in there and the rest is somebody's high school memories and it seemed everyone that i ever saw had you know everybody's you know see you good luck at college and i'm like eh, I don't know if i want that you know but turning the tables on y'all what are your favorite your very favorite kiss item hold on you gotta you gotta answer this question first because you're the All guest right. okay everything that you gave the, the university what do you think is the thing that's going to get the the biggest wow factor. What do you think the university is going to put front and center? One of the guitars. I mean, I've got like a Ken Kelly um, painted one of Gene's uh, Spencer basses with uh, Boa Fett on the front of it. It's very Mm. cool. Very cool. And then um, I would say the the basses because there's a lot of different visual basis there's one from um when they were inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame there was only 10 of those made but to answer your question probably one of the bases is what's going to stand out to people they're just going to look at it and go wow how cool is that um getting back to me the one thing that i get from because most people who who i've allowed down here that are huge kiss collectors and kiss fans you know people like you and michael and i I could probably say just about everybody that watches the show because it's so you know i've got costumes and all and and those get the nice wow factor from uh you know from everybody but the one thing and it sits as soon as you walk in i have peter chris's 1976 sure microphone gold award from circus magazine if you remember if you remember in circus, they do the yearly thing, you know, best musician. Right. In 1976, Peter won for best drummer. And and it was sponsored by Sure Microphones. Well, Sure sent Peter. Matter of fact, it's, this what I actually own is on the cover of Lydia's book, that gold microphone. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's sitting over here now. Um because it's so unique and it says Peter Chris in, in etched in the plastic around the ring. And what came with it was um, this actual circus magazine cover and the article that circus magazine sent to kisses mag management. So the print on the little tab on the cover of the magazine says, Peter Chris, you know, 
a coin management. It was, that's how they sent it to Peter, um, uh, sent him the award. So I have it displayed with the article next to it that says, you know, best drummer of 76 right from circus. That one's really unique because when we were filling those things out when we were kids, I never knew that the the band actually got something. I just thought it was all promo crap. But no, they they actually got the the winners anyway. The The winners were presented with gold plated microphones and it's a working microphone. So. So, yeah, that's that's the one thing that people kind of go, well, put it this not people, the people who, you know, like when my neighbors bring somebody over, that's the costumes. Plus, also, when you walk down here, as Michael knows, it's the big joke. You know, everything you see, like even behind me, this isn't my kiss room. This is this is just like my basement, which is head to toe kiss. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then inside the room is the kiss room. Um because when we built the house, I, you know, I had this house built it, my wife's like, can you put like an area? I mean, she's really super cool with all this. She has to be, we've been married for 30 some years, but you know, she's like, yeah, can you, you know, I just want to kind of have an, and keep in mind too, that, you know, when we moved in here, you know, my, my kids were five, six years old or whatever. I want to just have like a normal basement. Well, as things started overflowing. I've got a whole wall of the gold records. You've, I've, I've posted those pictures on, online before. But yeah, because I love the way gold records. Matter of fact, I, I this is a reason because I don't buy it. And, and again, anybody who buys these, God bless you. I, I hope you're happy with them. Those new awards that you can get yeah. through Kiss Online. I, I just collect real ones. Like this is, mm-hmm. Nice. You know, I just I because I have almost all of put it this way. I have almost all the records that have actual awards given to them. I think I'm missing two now. I just picked up an animalize um, that I uh, and again, this, this is an official, you know, um, one. Um, like I've got matter of fact, I, you know, just from here, I, I can I got J.R. Smalling's Kiss Alive Gold, um, Sean DeLady's Gold Love Gun, you know. Um, all the way on down. Um, I even have uh, my Hotter Than Hell, and there's pictures of it, I think, in history. My Hotter Than Hell, before their gold records were actually made, Casablanca made in-house awards. Hmm. And they and they say Casablanca Records. And, uh, I've, you know, my Hotter Than Hell is is the in-house from, from you know, because image is everything. Special. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you went into Casablanca before they were, you know, super mega huge, you, you know, they had already made in-houses for not only Kiss or other asks too. The reason I know they're official, I, I bought these all from, uh, God, what the hell's the guy's name? He was local. And uh, <laughs> he just found out about me and he's like, dude, not to get too crazy, because plus I got to get out of here. I bought a bunch of white label promos. He still had them in the red and white fucking Casablanca boxes. Mm. I mean, that we were talking about that kind of, like you said, with the, with the, you know, with the playing cards, Mike, this guy had fucking sealed boxes. And this is in the early nineties. He's like, here, I heard you're a local kiss guy. What do you want for these? And I was like, I, 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 I. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he had these awards and, and he, he, but he had them for not only kiss, but for uh, parliament and Donna summer. Yeah. And I said, I'm only, I only want the kiss ones. 
But I mean, I got them from him. Though a couple of them, other ones I got from Jacques and in other places. But I mean, that's the whole thing too. I, you know, when I do sell my stuff, <laughs> you're gonna get more authentic, man. I was doing this shit long before it was popular or cool. Not that it that makes me popular. Cool. I'm just, you know, because I, I didn't, I didn't buy this stuff to sell it. I bought it because I wanted it. And I still want it. And look, if I had my druthers, I would go to the grave with it. But that's just not very practical. So, Michael, what's your um, best my, item? I, I will say, I'll give you two items. And honestly, probably both of them have zero financial value. So the first item, I think like all of us growing up as kids, we were like dreaming of going backstage hanging out backstage, meeting Kiss backstage, having that access. So when I started working with Kiss Psycho Circus Tour, and I remember, I don't think it was the, the Dodger Stadium show. It was the next show I might've went to. And I don't remember which one specifically, but I'm backstage and they're like, hey, Mike, go into the production office. You need to get your laminate. And for a moment, I'm just like, oh, okay, they're just going to give me a laminate. But no, it was like the laminate where they take your picture, they stick your picture to the back of the laminate, they emboss your name in the front of the laminate. When I got that, it was just like, wow. As a KISS fan in 1976, this, I couldn't, would have thought. Yeah. I couldn't even dream of having my own all access laminate with my picture and my name on a kiss laminate. I mean, that was just the absolute peak of the mountain for me as a kiss fan was getting that because I could go anywhere. I could go into any show. I could go anywhere I want and nobody could do anything. And it was like all of my years as a kid dreaming of that came true. Um, and then probably the other item is any audio shows I have of shows that I've been to. Meaning it's like, okay, the, the, the show, the, the audio recording itself has no value. But for me, it's like, I was at that event. I was at that show in Hinkley, Minnesota. Bad recording, but I don't care. I'm in that audience. I remember when he said that. I remember when this happened. You know, the, the, the chill you will get, the goosebumps you'll get when you hear the intro to the concert you went to. To me, that is worth more than anything else. You know, now I love my awards and I'll never give those up because, again, they were presented to me with my name on them. But those other two items, I, you know, it's just, especially the laminate, every laminate I got on, on the KISS tours was like, wow, there's another laminate with my name on it. Coolest fucking thing in the world for a KISS, <laughs> but it only has value to me. I sure, mean, my it's picture, priceless. it's my name. It's absolutely priceless. I will never sell those things. Could never, ever part with that. Everything else in my collection, I could, you know, I could sell, I could sell the rub and plays that I got. I could sell the model van kit. I could sell 
old posters. I could sell any of that stuff off because they just aren't quite the same as the deep personal connection. Like, you know, I could never sell the original copy of Rock and Roll Over, which was the very first Kiss record I ever got. You know, maybe it's got no value to people, although it's got the insert, it's got the sticker. I never took the sticker off and put it on anything. And it's the teardrop. It's the teardrop rock and right. roll. Not, not that that, the RCA. as we know, the RCA, I mean, not that we know that that doesn't make it like super valuable, but it was a little different. It's like, okay, that was the album. I first dropped the needle on my very first Kiss record. Can't take away. And we just recently talked about this. It's like, you know, when I hear I Want You, first song, side A, rock and roll mm-hmm. over. That is the very first Kiss song I ever heard on a vinyl record that I put the needle down on my own. Detroit Rock City, my very first. You can never take that moment away. Nope. And that is worth more than every single collectible item that might be out there. It's like, yeah, there's gene bases that are beautiful and amazing and all but you know what? It will never match up to the chills I get every time I hear I want you played. Because or for where- me when I hear that radio broadcast of Detroit Rock City, I remember that was the first time I ever heard Kiss. Yeah. Was that I'm like, what is this? And I listen and then it comes into down to down to down to down. Those bars, when they hit, boy, it gives me goosebumps. It I, takes I you immediately back to however old mm-hmm. you were, wherever you were, what was going on. I mean, for me, it was like, you know, my parents' old console stereo system. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. li- I'm lifting the lid up and, you know, you put the album on and, you know, and you hear all the dropping of the vinyl and it's like, like the movie Detroit Rock City, exactly right? Exactly. <laughs> that that moment. And it's just like that will never get taken away and nothing can replace that moment. And I, I think, think every Kiss fan has one of those moments, you know, and and because and, we got to wrap up for Mark's sake here, you know, that again, homework. What is that moment for you? What is it? Is it opening up a magazine? Is it watching, you know, was it the lick it up video the first time you ever saw it? What, whatever it was, I think every kiss fan has that one moment, whether it's brought on by music, a video, a concert, a picture, a book, Paul Lynn uh, Halloween Halloween special. special. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I just watched that again last week just because that was my first, that was the first time I ever saw a kiss. And, you know, I didn't Same have way. kiss. I didn't have kiss records, but I, I'd heard of kiss. I saw them and that cemented that when my mom said, I'm getting some records from the RCA record club, you and your sister can each have one record. What do you want? I don't know. I guess I'll get kiss. Did you ever pay him back? <laughs> <laughs> my, that would be on my mom's shoulders, but you know, that, that, that's the homework question for this week. What is that memory? What is that item? What is that moment that brings you back? 
It has nothing to do with dollar value. Because how do you put a value on something that brings you back to when you heard Detroit Rock City? You can't. It's the song. That's all it is. It's the song. Exactly. Which, again, goes back to what I said. If you're collecting this stuff because you think you're going to, you know, retire rich. Yeah, retire. You're not going to have any fun. Yeah, it's I can it's about, tell you from, it's about memories from, from the time I started. It's been nothing but fun. And yeah. I've met the most incredible people, including our guest, John. You know, you know how we met? We met on the Kiss Cruise. Yeah. Remember that, John? The Kiss Cruise. Yeah. I Who just again. Who would have thought? Yeah. But that's what I mean. I mean, you meet the greatest people on the Kiss Cruise. You meet the greatest people at Kiss Expos. You meet the greatest people at Kiss concerts. Wear your kiss shirt. You're going to run into somebody cool. I love this community, so, man. John, thank you so much. Let's one more time. Where is your collection going to be when it opens? And do you have a rough idea of when they plan on opening it? I don't know. I'm hoping this year, 2022, it will be in the School of Music in their front lobby at the University of South Carolina. You got to make sure when it does open, let us know. Oh, I'll let you know. So we can tell you know. everybody about it because, I mean, it's a KISS museum, people. You got to go. Yeah, and John, you are welcome back anytime. If you want to just I would sit love to and, come back. Just send me an shoot invite. The shit. Yeah. We'll, we'll shoot the shit about it. You just name it. I'm there. <laughs> All right, man. Well, John, you've been, this, this, it's been, you've been great, man. This has been an awesome talk. I mean, again, you know, a bunch of old kiss fans here sharing memories and, and, and reliving being 12 years old again. Kiss I'm fans, you, five, the kiss five fans minutes, are the best. Thank you. Five minutes into this. I'm like, you know what? We're, we're kicking off 2022 in style. I, I really think fans are really going to dig this, you know, all kiss all the time. We've been talking today. We really didn't, you know, veer off as we sometimes do. So <laughs> there's yep. so you know, much well, more we that's, could that's have talked we, about. So I, that's much what I'm more. saying. We got to have you back on. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Look forward to seeing Thank you again soon. Hey, You're right, Mark. What a way to start off 2022. That was, you know, just a, a trip down memory lane of kiss discussion. I think today is today's episode is why we do this show yes 100 percent. this is <laughs> yes. this is exactly it it's just getting together as kiss fans and sharing our stories what an incredible story what an incredibly nice guy it's funny because you know i ran into john on the cruise we, we, we probably bumped into each other a few times before i'm finally like you know what dude you gotta come on the show and he was like yeah right away you know super nice everything you saw today was exactly how our conversations went what a wonderful gentleman and uh really really excited for what he did and as i told him and i mean it from the heart he's a better man than i i mean he could have put a lot of money in his pocket oh hey again it's very admirable that he chose to give away his entire collection for for yeah. display i mean that's and that's great because he's letting every other kiss fan see it and enjoy it so mm -hmm. yeah no that that's that's very admirable um you know again homework it's pretty simple what is that one moment one item one memory that gives you goosebumps as a kiss fan what means a lot to you and it's not dollar value we could care less it has nothing to do with money just memory 
Um, so there you go. You know where to go. Leave it on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you might like to leave a comment. We're there. And of course, if you are watching us on YouTube, please subscribe, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes. We're everywhere you can find podcasts. And uh, that's it. I think we do have a guest next week. Something related to Eric Carr, I believe, is next week's guest. Um, that's it, everybody. We'll see you next week. So you love the show. Go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.